Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly, it's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hello folks, it's David here and I would just like to take a moment to ask you to go and check out our sponsors NordVPN. Internet security, very important. I'm sure it's something that you're concerned about as well. Me, I like to know that I'm the person in control of my data. I live on my phone and the amount of stuff I do on it from banking to documents to private messaging, I need to know is secure. We all know that there are bad people out there who will come in and uh, try and get our details and um, spend our money for us. NordVPN prevents that, especially if you're using public Wi-Fis or you're using Wi-Fis away from your home. If you use NordVPN, you are safe and protected. It also allows you to take short holidays to places if that's ever required. It's a brilliant product. I use it every day and highly recommend it. And you can get a tremendous offer if you go to nordvpn.com forward slash heart and hand that's nordvpn.com forward slash heart and hand or use the code heart and hand to get up to 70% off your nordvpn plan you'll also get one additional month for free risk free with nord it's 30 day back money uh, 30 day money back guarantee so all you need to do if you don't like it is just say nope and you'll get your money back so go and check them out as i say it's very important you'll get peace of mind Go to nordvpn.com forward slash heart and hand. Good evening, welcome back to Heart and Hand Extra. This is your second free show of the week and I am your host, Adam Thornton. Tonight's show will look back at Rangers' 3-0 defeat uh, against Celtic in midweek and attempt to look ahead to Sunday's visit of Hearts. Joining me this evening, we have David Edgar. David, how are you? I've been better. Don't know if I'm going to be totally frank and upfront at the start, Adam. I've had better weeks. I think that's fair. I think we're all we're all feeling that. Um, obviously we come to you two days after uh, Rangers lost 3-0 in the first half basically uh, at Parkhead on Wednesday night David's absolutely abject really I think if we were to sum it up um, Rangers got swarmed in the first half 
um, everyone knew that would happen. Everyone knew Celtic would come out and swamp us. Anyone who has listened to even 30 seconds of Celtic this season would know they're they're going to swamp us on those wide rotations and try and overload us on the flanks. Um, we played with a very attacking lineup, um, and we do have to say there weren't many complaints pre-game on the lineup. Certainly from from myself, but from many people that I knew, there weren't many complaints. But I think the complaints would probably lie with the caution that that attacking lineup played. Um, or the question they played with, I should say. I guess it's difficult to ascertain whether Celtic forced us back so much or we sat back so much, but it certainly looked like a bit of both and we looked caught between two ideals. Um, If, and I know we've had the press conference, so we'll get more factual information on that, but if uh, the plan was to sit back as much as we did in that second half and allow Celtic to come on to us, do you not think it would have been a better option Um for us to go with a maybe extra player in, in the centre midfield and try and control that and hit on the break rather than what we've seen, which was a mishmash of both. Yeah, I think you meant in the first half, but uh, yes, sorry, uh, I, don't, I don't blame you for your head being a little scrambled. I think we all were. Uh, look, this is a night where everything went wrong, where the manager got it wrong, where the players got it wrong, where there was very little, um, with the exception of Ryan Jack and Leon Balligan, that came out of that with anything approaching any any credit. Um, so I, I do think that there sometimes there's a tendency to say it's all the players' fault or it's all the manager's fault, whereas maybe I'm an equal opportunity blamer um, and there's, there's plenty of blame to go around. The team, I think, was kind of what I felt we needed to do at Parkhead, which was go in the front foot, go at them, because you're absolutely right, they swamp teams in the first you know, 45 minutes, but the first hour, and then they die on their arse, and that's exactly what they did. Um, but the game was won at that point, so it didn't matter. But um, it, it, it can't have been a shock, as you say, what they were going to do, what they were going to do tactically. And Celtic played well, and they played with an effervescence that Rangers didn't. But the, the problem is, is that tactics are, are important in football, clearly, but they have to be married with energy and they have to be married with some sort of belief and Rangers displayed none of that in this match. Uh, they, they did sit in right from the start. I mean, I can show you a, a, a graphic of Celtic getting their first possession and Rangers retreating with all 11 men inside their half uh, into, into a shape, but it wasn't a rigid shape. It was loose. And that's, that's kind of something that's been bothering me the past two days. You know, the the manage the, the team the manager picked doesn't square up with doing that as you say you would have had in an extra defensive midfielder you would have been a four two three one and you would have had a much tighter shape it would have been drilled for that so was it a case of players just simply going back in to retreat a mentally a, a mental thing of just right they've got the ball so let's let's all get behind the ball but not doing so with any real plan or organisation. You can't win any football match if you won't match the opposition's level of intent and you won't match their energy. And Celtic are full of energy, so it is a challenge, but you, you will for an hour. So you knew you had to do that, and Rangers didn't. We didn't track runners at all, uh, and we hadn't done that in the previous match either, which I always think is a really, really damning comment on a side. I think that you can be playing badly in terms of creativity. That can happen. Passes don't come off. Shots go astray. Crosses land in the stand. That happens. It's frustrating, but it happens. You can always keep the physical side of the game up. You can 
track back, you can match runners. Right from the start, the opening goal to me was was uh, very kind of emblematic of it. Now, the game should have been stopped. Bobby Madden sees the head knock and doesn't blow. He, he puts the whistle to his lips and takes it down when he sees Celtic are still attacking. That's not how it's supposed to work. Against that, I agree with the manager. You can't stop and wait for a whistle. You have to go. In an old firm game, there should have been three or four bodies, Adam, breaking out that box to get a yep. block in. I mean, it's just, for a guy to have time to take a touch, set himself and fire a shot, and yeah, yeah, it gets deflected, I know, but there should have been bodies being put on the line. It was something that Gerard went on about previously. Uh, he would regularly say, you know, we had guys putting their bodies on the line, but we didn't. The second goal is is the same. Nobody's tracking, nobody's picking up runners, nobody's going with their man. And uh, the third goal is a disaster. I mean, just a complete disaster. That should see Barisic get completely bombed at the team. Um, he had a, a real nightmare. I mean, it was up there with Fernando Rickson versus Bobby Petter all those years ago. But Dick Advocat hauled him off after 20 minutes. That should have happened to Barisic. Um, he was lost. He was frightened. And it appeared that a few Rangers players in that first half just gave up that um, they stopped doing the basics and they went through the motions. And, of course, they were rewarded for that lack of effort with what happened to us. And, as I say, you know, I I think the manager, who's normally very cautious and gives little away in his post-match interviews, was was shell-shocked. You know, he he had the players locked in the Parkhead dressing room for an hour after the match. Um, And nobody wants to spend more time in Parkhead than they have to. So that, that probably tells you something. Um. And it is a tough one because, you know, you mentioned the press conference. I asked him about the high press, which is something this Rangers team were renowned for. And even when we weren't playing, you know, well, attacking-wise last season, we would do this and it stops other teams coming out. Rangers attempted it once in the first half and it ended with us winning possession high in the Celtic half. But then we just didn't do it. So I asked him about that and he said, you know, yeah, yeah, you want to press, but you need to do it well. And also, it's not always about the the tactics it's about the the players and he, he mentioned as a, something we all noticed he said you know I didn't change tactics at half time I changed the personnel and we looked a lot better well that to me then invited my next question which was well does that tell you who you can trust moving forward because there are issues with a lot of these players Adam whether it's form confidence I don't know but this is not exclusive to Giovanni Van Bronckhorst's time that's something that I think we need to be careful of. This team have had several players who have played within themselves this year for whatever reason. And I don't believe any player goes out there and says, I won't try a leg today. So it's not that, right? That's nonsense. But there has been a mentality of getting by, just doing enough all season long. And when it has gone wrong, the, there has been an element of panic. Similarly to Saturday, when Rangers lose a goal, they then quite often lose another one almost immediately and that's clearly what happened here that's a mental thing that's going to pieces a bit after a goal goes in and it was a failure on every conceivable metric everything in that first half that Rangers knew they had to do they didn't Um, every quality they had to show they failed to and they were of course punished so there's a lot to a lot to unpack there, but I'll start from the I'll start from what you just said and work work back the way. Um, we've said defensive mistakes are better than being absolutely torn apart, and, and I don't mean that. And uh, neither are great, but if it's a mistake, 
then you can change the player or the player can can wise up, refocus and get going. If, if the structure of the team is sound, then that's fine. And that hasn't really been an issue up until um, the last week or so. Absolutely was an issue on Wednesday. We've we seen um, that's not a mistake from, from Barisic. That's just giving up for the third goal. Um, he doesn't track the runner. That is the only thing that Abada does. That is all he does. He ghosts in on your blind side and he he hits the, the centre of the post. He scored, I don't know, five goals from that already this season. That is basic. That is you giving up, not willing to put your body in the line, not willing to even know where your man is and to sit down before it even comes to him or squat down. Inexcusable. Um, well, and for the second time in, in three days, if you look at the picture... Yep. At the same angle of the Ross County equaliser on Saturday, he's he's on his haunches again. Now, for whatever reason, that's a guy who, as you say, is giving up in key situations. He's always been a bit of a confidence player. He's always been a guy who's gone up and down. But for me, he didn't want to be there. Um, and he had a horrendous night. I mean, he wouldn't get tight. He wouldn't attack. He wouldn't drive on with a ball. Uh, he, he continually, if he got the ball, he would simply turn inside and knock it to his nearest centre-back. He didn't want to be there. Uh, and again, you know, you know, professional footballers want to play on these occasions. So to me, it is a complete lack of confidence. But even so, a guy that freezes to that extent, uh, you know, how can you how can you trust him moving forward? Added to which, I think Bassi looked like a guy who'd been released from captivity when we yes. put him on the left uh, at left back in the second half. So it's not like there isn't the replacement there. But I would un- I, I would have had some sympathy, much as I have some sympathy for Diallo, because we've seen kids freeze in these games before for both sides, and we'll see it again in the future, especially when it's you know a, a really kind of loud one. Um. That can happen. Barisic is experienced. He's 30 years old. He's played in these games before. If it sounds like I'm picking on him, folks, I'll get to the others. But he was, you know, in a night when a lot of them were abject, he was, I think, on a complete other or completely lower level. Um, I I just don't know how you can trust him moving forward to to play because are you going to get that out of him again? And and he has, there's been performance where you go born as a warrior, but. Uh, to be honest, at this stage of his Rangers career, I'm a bit fed up with this this sugar or shite thing. Um, I, I, you know, I, I like my <laughs> I like my drinks cold, and I like my fullbacks <laughs> like Sasa Papa at seven out of ten every week. Uh, and he didn't he didn't come close to that. I think the challenge is with him is there's just there's never any intensity or or tempo to his play. He's a He's a supporting type player. Um, I'm not big in American football, but you know you've got those players, David, that you bring on um, to do a specific job and they'll kick the ball basically. Special uh, teams are called, yeah. Yeah, and that's that's actually a really interesting point, Adam. Because and sorry, just in case you were going to go away from it, I think we do need to work on that that point a bit. That team the other night to me was a team full of supporting cast members and no leaders or at least not leaders who led. Tav can lead in a certain way, but he had an awful game, and he knew it. Goldson hasn't been the leader that he was last season, all season. McGregor's going through a dodgy spell. I think we would all agree that he's probably, you know, heading towards the finish line at this point. And what you had is you had Kamara in the centre of midfield being asked to play that leadership role. He isn't capable of that. He's a brilliant lieutenant, but he's not a general. 
he needs a Davis or a Jack next to him. He needs that. He doesn't function well when you say to him, you're the man that needs to anchor this. You're the man that needs to base this. It's not who he is. It's not his personality. And you saw that. We had a lot of guys who who are excellent support players and who will when there's somebody else there who is given the instruction. But when it was all of them on the park at the one time, where there was no Davis, there was no Jack, there was no Morelos, you saw what happened, that they all sort of looked around for someone to steady the ship. And it was no surprise that that man actually had to come off the bench and do it. That's not a huge, believe it or not, folks, I'm not saying you can't have a team with 11 leaders. Right? It doesn't work. Uh, you need to have, lead, same as you can't have a business where you've got 20 bosses and no workers. It's, you know, it, it needs to be the other way around. Um, but they, they, they did panic and then they retreated and then they couldn't get out of their shell. <sighs> I think with with Barisic, my issue is he he is basically a crossing machine, and we've now decided we don't cross the ball using our fullbacks. So in effect, we're asking him to to play like a Sasapapach, and I don't think he is. What you see with Bassi, and I'm really really wary. Hopefully, I'm not pissing on anybody's chips, but I refuse to take anything from that second half um, and and use it as a positive. Absolutely, you can see it's it's great to have Balogun and Jack back. Bassi looked liberated. I'm not taking it as a trend because the game was done. Yeah, it was um, at that point. You know, However, the only thing you can say that it did was it got it gave us 45. It got 45 minutes in their legs. Absolutely. He, he may not have the level of quality of crossing that that Borna has, but he has youth. He has energy. He has tempo. It's sadly lacking. We haven't been able, to my mind, create any kind of pattern of play or passing moves for pretty much this entire season. You look at the. Um, the, the passing moves and the goals, the sequences of goals that we scored over over the three years under Gerard, there were signature passing moves. There was the counter attack and and cross. There was the goals from corners which have disappeared. We don't have any of those now. There doesn't really seem to be a plan, and I have to say it is the whole season rather than um, just under Geo. It maybe seems a little bit more pronounced because we've now got this thing where we feel like he's he's very cautious, but. When you look back at it, with the benefit of hindsight, got a lot of 1-0 wins and a, a couple of late penalties that, that went our way, and that was great. We're chalking up the wings, the wins. However, you mentioned, I think it's a theme from, from the presser, David. We, it's a basic 4-3-3 plays. We, we know that. We've seen that from his time at final. It's wingers wide, fullbacks who play in a kind of mid-block rather than being ultra-attacking or ultra-defensive. They, they try and do both. Um, I don't think Barris has just got the energy for that, so hopefully Bassi coming in will, will help us with that one. But flexibility was the big thing that was was used throughout the early couple of weeks of the season, and, and Van Bronckhorst has said to you and, and, and the presser, or said to us in the presser, that they are flexible, the wingers do come in sometimes, the fullbacks do go a little bit forward. Is it a case maybe that he's now he's too flexible and he's getting caught between two ideals? Because as you said, that on Wednesday night was flexibility gone wrong. That was us trying to be defensive with one sitting midfielder but then also trying to attack with seven players and not being able to because the opposition swarmed us there was no clear tactical plan for all the um the negatives around um Gerard earlier this season he would you know what he would have done when he went there he'd have went and he'd have been compact he'd have had pace on the break he'd have used the the fullbacks to my mind in the way that they should be used um but 
doesn't seem like, or maybe he's maybe Van Bronckhorst is trying to chop and change things just a little bit too much at this stage, and that flexibility is maybe turning into something that we can't quite see any obvious benefit from at this stage. Yeah, I mean that, that that's fair. What I will say is, uh, and again, I'm sure people will go, I can't believe you're defending the manager sure. here, David. You know, he's, he, I think that you've got to be realistic about it. He, he has been here for you know, well under 20 games. He arrived in the middle of the season and he arrived literally the day after a crisis result similar to the other night against against Hibs. So um, you, you do need to take that in context. Rangers have dropped 16 points in the league this season, Adam, seven of which were under Van Bronckhorst, nine of which were under Gerrard. Now, Van Bronckhorst in that time had Hibs, Hearts, Celtic and Aberdeen away, whereas Gerrard had them at home. So this isn't wholly the Giovanni Van Bronckhorst era that these issues have come up. We remember Rangers defending in the first part of the season, where it actually became almost a, a kind of a bad joke that Rangers would concede to the first attack inside the opening 10 minutes. So these are not new issues. There is fundamentally something wrong with a group of players that we have at the moment that aren't performing to the levels that, one, we know they can, and two, we need them to. For me, this Rangers team this season has very rarely been fun to watch. Motherwell 6-1 springs to mind. Uh, the 4-2 against uh, St. Johnson, the the 2-0 against St. Mirren at Christmas. That's really about it. That, you know, I'm sure there was more, but that's what jumps out at me. Because there hasn't been much zest in the play. You mentioned the word energy earlier, and I think that's a key one. This Rangers side this season has too many players who appear content to get by in games. And of course, it's the old thing, you know, if you shoot for the moon, you might not reach it, but you'll still get into space if you kind of shoot to the edge of the street and you don't make it, you're still in your house. And that has been the problem. This Rangers team, in terms of its personnel, has been happy to win 3-2, 1-0. and when they haven't been able to, Hearts springs to mind, uh, Ross County last week's, that's been the issue. There hasn't been this determination, you know, the word that Gerard used a lot, relentless, that, that hasn't been there at all. Rangers have been content too often this season to do enough, and then it's turned out late in the game that it wasn't enough. And we, we do know that Rangers have an issue conceding late on in tight games, especially from set pieces. Um, we, we don't see out games the way that we did last season. So that points to issues within the personnel. And with him, again, you know, we spoke about it under Gerard. Have they ran the race? Have, you know, have they lost their hunger? You know, Connor Goldson's comments after the, the League Cup semi-final. It, it keeps coming back to this for me, that there is a staleness about this squad. Now then you've got to kind of change. I, I think that it's fair to say that a last transfer windows, you know, Aaron Ramsey apart, have been have been poor. Look at how many of that side the other night were signed by Mark Allen rather than Ross Wilson. You know, that 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 in fact in, in the case of Tav, a player who was there before that, uh Ross uh, Brian Jackson, another one, sorry. So there are, you know, this is a squad that I think has been needing refreshed and that for whatever reason Rangers have been a little bit reticent to because it achieved so much last season, understandable, right? fair enough. But we haven't been ruthless in our decision making. You know, it, it it looks a year too too long for Kent Barisic-Goldson. It looks as though that 
for whatever reason, they should have been on their way as much as we would have said in the summer, oh, this is a blow. But th- this is a side that is now absolutely crying out for a transfusion of new blood. Now, we've been very negative so far. The positive is that moving forward, we're getting back Jack. Davis was on the bench. Morelos has returned from Colombia. Um Ramsey will be able to do a, a turn. I still expect stuff from Diallo because uh, I know that you know it's easy to write him off after that 45 at Parkhead. But as I say, there's been you know better Rangers players than him that have struggled in their first old fun game. So that's an, an infusion of talent. Balligan's back. Kellander will be back in a couple of weeks. So it's not like there aren't the options to make changes in the side and it might be a case of having to leave out players you know Brian Kent is a far better player than Fashion Sakala for example but right now who's offering you more you know who's going to bring more and again it might even come down to you know we know Sakala has a tendency to to make mistakes and and his finishing isn't all it could be but he does bring energy an energy that is sadly lacking those are the questions that Van Bronckhorst has to, has to ask because otherwise you, you do have a group of players here, many of whom will leave in the summer, who could get you the sack. And therefore you've got to be ruthless and you've got to go with the ones who are committed and you've got to go with the ones who can deliver right now. Now the good news is is that we do have a clutch of players I've just mentioned who are very talented, who who have been, I think, mostly exempt from the criticisms that we've put forward Morelos has you know clearly he's one of the few you could definitely say has flourished under the new management team um so there is still that potential we are only one point behind and we do have four of our next six at home albeit you know some difficult fixtures in there so the idea of chucking the you know the 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 jackets in and heading for home I find a wee bit you know a wee bit premature to say the least but it does involve players Wanting to take the responsibility, wanting to be brave on the ball, wanting to play, you know, with that that energy in that spot. And if they can't do it for whatever reason, then they cannot be in the first team. Yeah, summer window um, was was an interesting one. Um, obviously, it's different for for Rangers. We just won the league. We were trying to get in the Champions League, so you wonder if that's preyed on uh, their mind a little bit in terms of players being sold. It's also a depressed market with, with COVID as well. So you I guess you can't we don't know what the offers are. We don't know if anybody was any money was offered for, for anybody. Um however, looking at it from Ross Wilson's point of view with two years to go on certain contracts, that was the peak time to sell players as far as their contracts were concerned. Maybe not peak in terms of the market or in terms of uh the Champions League qualifiers coming up. So History will decide whether that's a bad move, depending on what happens this year uh, in terms of the title race and depending on the amount of money we either get for those players who will now have one year left or um, the contribution they give should they sign a new contract. So at this point, I'm kind of less reluctant to um, criticise that transfer window. I, I don't think there were many people raging when the business uh, when the window closed in terms of what we had done there were a few who said it didn't look like we had probably strengthened the first team but I think it was a pretty fair argument that the first team was there or thereabouts so I'm going to reserve judgment on that one but you mentioned their mentality and people standing up to be counted and I think we always think of that as your Ryan Jacks your Taverniers your Goldsons and your Balligans for me tempo creativity intensity have been a huge issue um, and on 
all season and on Wednesday night, I want to pick out a couple for for different reasons. Um, Diallo, I would have played, uh, and I don't think there's any point in really dissecting his performance. It, it looked to me like Diallo and Kent were asked to mark Celtic's fullbacks, which I don't think any Rangers team should ever go out to do. Personally, um, those fullbacks, those wide players, should be in the front foot. They should stay wide, uh, and the team should hit them. That I think is a big was the bigger issue. Um, Ryan Kent gets a lot of stick, and he's had a lot of stick after the game. And the the obvious answer that people come back is, well, he's not hide, he's the only one that doesn't hide. He tries something and it comes off. I think we need to understand we take players, particularly wingers, performances in isolation. Um, look what Kent had around about him. Aribo is not good off the ball in these games. To my mind, he's never had a good Celtic game. I know people. Will against Celtic that you would think someone who regularly gets talked about as our potential player of the year should have and that might be harsh and I have been critical of Aribo in the past but it's that expectation thing if he's as good as people continually tell us to say he should be able to transcend a poor performance and conjure something on his own and win a game to me that might be harsh but at one point over the last three years I would have expected that to to have happened from that player not a criticism there were a lot not a harsh criticism, I should say. There were a lot more issues on the night, on Wednesday night, than Aribo. But on Kent, he's got zero support behind him. Barisic is having the absolute worst game I have seen, um, probably since Rickson, to be honest, in terms of a, a Rangers player, certainly a Rangers team at this level. Um, so Kent isn't getting the support. He's not getting the ball sent to him in any kind of cohesive way. He's having to do that thing we all hate, where he's coming back, trying to beat three men... Rightly or wrongly, they were an absolute force of energy down that right-hand side. There's three of them doubling back. He's trying to track one. One gets loose. You only you see it for the goal. Um, Aribo loses his man. Juranovic is coming on the, the blind side of him, and he doubles up with Kent, uh, with Hatati. Kamara tries to come over. It's just an absolute shitstorm. But I am on the other side of this Kent criticism, whereby, yes, he tries a lot, but he's a winger. We need to get the ball to him, and it's the same with Roof. Can't criticise Roof's display. Nobody fucking nobody passed the ball to him. He, he couldn't get the ball in any kind of position where that type of player is going to make an impact. The flip side of that is, do you play that type of player? Should you have played somebody else who maybe had more pace? But you're not telling me that if Sakala plays up front, we're suddenly going to be pinging 70-yard passes over the top for him to run onto in that type of game. I think it was just an absolute shitfest, for want of another word, from, from start to finish. But I do think those players, those quality players that we have, Kent has the fee that brings the pressure to me. Aribo with the praise he gets should also bring uh, a similar level of pressure. I don't think either of them were anywhere near good enough on the night. And I think we could have been doing with those players that stand up and say, give me the ball. I'm going to create something. I'm going to win the game. We didn't have that coupled with everything else that we've seen just meant it was an absolute car crash of an evening. Well, that, that's yeah, all fair. Um, you're right, Kent does get it. I think in Aribo's defence, he has been... You know, I, I think by a distance, our, our best player this year. Yes. What this made me realise, though, was we can talk about best players and we can talk about most talented players. Most important player is Alfredo Morelos, still. And I I, I really don't see any, uh, any argument against that because he can link and he can occupy defenders in a way that Ruth can't and as you say that's not a criticism of him it's just not who he is he doesn't have the physical presence that Alfredo has um, and I think that that became clear uh, Kent 
you know, he, he never stopped running. He, that's what, you know, he did. But I get quality. Does that, does that count as praise? You know, I mean, uh, it shouldn't. And uh, Aribo, you're beginning to realise why Gerard put him on the wing in these games. Yeah. You know, I'm beginning to see that now. Um, maybe didn't understand it at the time, but you're right. It's because he's he's work off the ball means that in a game like that, it's fine at home when we're going to dominate possession, um, or even away games where we're going to dominate possession. But in matches like this, uh, where possession could can be at a premium at times, then yeah, in midfield because the midfield was ghastly in the first half of letting runners go. I mean, they really did. And I felt for Scott Arfield, who was trying to go, but he was trying to go with three or four because Kamara and Aribo weren't doing it. Barisic wasn't doing it. And that, you know, Diallo wasn't doing it. And that meant that we were getting flooded and we did repeatedly because people weren't doing the basics. They weren't doing the, the, the simple things that you need them to do. But you're right, you know, the, these are the games that you need these guys to come alive in and they they completely did not um again though it, you can you can take almost all of them and be critical of errors that they made uh you know i know a lot of people felt mcgregor should have done better at the first goal for example he has pulled off a few saves afterwards could he have come for the cross for the third goal for example should you be getting beat at your near post with that finish for the second you know these are all legit talking points you know, as good as some of the shots that he made. Um, the problem that we've got, incidentally, with McGregor is he's still a tremendous shot stopper, but the rest of goalkeeping he's really struggling on now um, with the ball at his feet and, as I say, any sort of aerial. He doesn't come for things he shouldn't, to be honest, as we saw last week when he does. It doesn't really fill you with confidence. So that's an issue. That's a question. The, the central defence, you know, <laughs> Bassey, he's not a central defender, and we saw it. Um, he, you know, tried his very, very best, but he was out of his depth, and he was very cleverly um, by the opposition picked off as a weak link, and they they took advantage of it. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I can't disagree that the fact is there is pressure on Kent on. But if you uh, Kent on Aribo, but if you want to be the star man and you want to That's play it. at a high level, you're going to have to learn to live with that. And they get lauded. This is the other thing, right? You know, this might sound like it's been non-stop criticism of them. See, when they play well, it's non-stop praise. That's how football works for football fans. You know, if we go out and smash Hearts five 0 on Sunday, you come and listen to us on Monday. We'll be full of praise for them. It's it, that's how it works. And uh, I make no apologies for it. They, they none of them. As I see the exception of Jack and Balligan, and as you say, the game was dead at that point. Even so, they both they both came on and at least looked like they knew what they were doing. Um, so yeah, look, it's a tough one because this is a decent Celtic side. It's not a great Celtic side, right? Um, they have their weaknesses. They they're good at what they do, but they can only do it for an hour, and therefore you need to be good enough to make sure that they don't take advantage of that. Also, it is utterly unforgivable and completely, I was shooting yourself in the foot, it's blowing off your legs from the fucking knees to be 1-0 down with five minutes to go and uh, go into the dressing room at half-time at 3-0. That's, that's the that killer for me. cannot happen at all. Um, because, and, yeah. and I realise it looks ridiculous now and I'm very wary of Celtic getting that uh, opening 30 minutes 
um, title against us in, in the January fixture last year where they came out and did really well and missed a couple so they said they did well and missed a couple of chances and then we, we ran over the top of them so I'm kind of wary of game state and that's what I mean in that, that second half the game was done yes Celtic looked knackered they also sat back but what I would say is they sat back they looked knackered and they still left loads of gaps there was still gaps between Starfield and Taylor that Sakala was kind of trying to get into and exploit so while they might have sat back and tried to contain, they didn't do it very well and we still couldn't get anywhere near. So that's a bit of a frustration on that side. I, I, yeah, I, I mentioned this the other night that we still didn't land a glove on them in the second half. But again, it's context of the game. And I think yeah. you need to apply that there. This was a Rangers team that by this stage was absolutely shell-shocked and nothing was going um, for and, and they didn't believe at all. You know, Had they gone in at 1-0 and then we'll never know you know, seize control of the game and, and Celtic began because there would have been more nerves as well. And as you say, that they were leaving space. But again, you know, by the time the second half came around, that Rangers team could have played till today and wouldn't have scored a goal. You look at the, uh, you look at the, 40, the 42 minute point or whenever whenever our field's chance was, I'm, I don't like to see if that, if that went in, blah, blah, blah. But even if that, does, even if that chance doesn't go in um, and it's 1-0, looking at the quality of chances created, McGregor's made a couple of saves, but they're straight at him. They're straight at him. The Jackie Marcus one, where it's point blank, it's a bit of a bad miss on, on his side, but there isn't really much else. There's a couple of headers, there's this and that, other than the goal. Um, despite how absolutely atrocious we were and how dominant they were, um, it was still 1-0 with a couple of minutes to go. The issue I've got is that, that second goal, Barisic, Kent and Kamara have been doing that for three years, that wide rotations that, that Celtic are now doing. They they know the score on that. They know that inside out, or they should do. They've not shown much evidence of it of it this year, but they know the score on that. They know how they should know how to defend it because they know how to attack it. And to be done so frequently and to such devastating effect is is really, really poor in the last few minutes. And and the third goal, I can agree with everything that, that you've said, but similarly, stopping the cross at source, Tavernier a throw-in can't be three yards off Jota and letting him get to the yeah. byline in that sense. That that just can't happen at all. I don't think that's the main issue in that one. I think it, it, it's Barris. He's not tracking his man. But similarly, if he just if he takes him out or he, or he's closer to him or that little bit of play isn't allowed to happen by not being so passive, uh, a really dangerous opportunity, then that goes. So I'm not even going to say, oh, it's a, a, a small margin. It could be this or it could be that. But looking at it at 42 minutes, if we got in at 1-0 there, like you said, you could regroup, maybe makes those three subs as well. We can't play any worse. And history, they get nervous history tells feel- us they get nervous. It was a big yeah. game for them. They rushed people back from another continent. They'd somebody playing with a Phantom of the Opera mask on. It was a big thing for them. It would have who, they who got nobody beat. smashed in the face, incidentally. And I know that that's very old school Scottish, but yep. They'd, yeah. they'd have done it to us so yeah that's what I mean about it being a failure on every conceivable level you know all the things that even in the midst of a disaster while it was still salvageable Rangers decided they would chuck away the rope you know that that was how that night went it was a night where everything it was like the Hibs semi-final it was a night where everything went wrong and the team felt everything's going wrong and chucked it and that is what happened in that game now is it unsalvageable? No, absolutely not. Right? The, the I dare you know we're not going to beat Hearts five 0 on on Sunday. It doesn't work like that in sport. You know what's like that in Rocky where you get battered for eleven rounds and come out in the twelfth and win. But it doesn't work like that in real life. But you have to start as they did. You know when Giovanni Van Bronckhorst first came in, start by getting the result, build up a bit of confidence, adding in these these quality players I've talked about. 
you have to stop making silly mistakes because Rangers chucked away to, we should still be top of the league, let's be honest. You know, even after that defeat, we should still be top of the league, but we completely shot ourselves in the foot last weekend. That's, to me, the key things moving forward, that they're very lucky that this is salvageable because they've, you know, they've certainly made enough errors that it shouldn't be. And that's something to bear in mind as well. Um, I don't believe Celtic will win every game from now to the end of the season. If they do, fair play to them, they'll deserve the league title. Right, and I'll be the first to admit it. I'll still be frustrated at us. I'll still think we we blew it, but fair enough. I don't think they will, but they certainly won't have to if we don't improve dramatically. Cut out the stupid errors. Play with a bit of intensity. If you can't play with intensity, and I'm not saying won't, because I don't think any player, as I say, sits in the dressing room at five to three and goes. Back up all the other day, right? I, you know, hmm. it, it, it's too abusive an environment for that to happen. If they can't play with any intensity, they're not in the team. It's that simple. And you go with the guys you can trust. You go with the guys who've got the mentality to get you over the line in games and in big games. If they do that, then the season can still end up pretty well. We're not. We're not sitting here as we were a couple of years ago, and although the league got curtailed, we're not sitting here ten points behind, going, "Ah well, but we've got the two games against Celtic, so we win these, and we're, you know, it's not that. Yeah. It's a point in February. It's it's very little. But even so, we have got to understand that they have momentum, they have confidence going forward, but it's a fragile momentum and it's a fragile confidence. One bad result would would send it the other way. Only though, if we have the desire and the application and the professionalism and the courage to go forth and get what we need from it. So we have two home games, two toughies, you know, hearts and hubs. We know what they'll do. They'll they'll be stuffy. They'll play well. They'll hit us in the counter. They're good sides. They've got good players. And they'll, they'll be bang up for it as well. But if we can't produce in these environments, then frankly, we don't deserve to be champions. I think that's fair. Um, in terms of points that have been dropped, uh, did you say? Yeah, 16 so far this season. Um, discount the Celtic game and even done the United game as losses. Um, let's just discount those those for just now. Um, I think by virtue of when the goal was conceded against Ross County and, and how well we played in the second half, I think we're probably unlucky not to have won that game. Defensive errors uh, aside, very, very, very unfortunate to have three of those in the in the same game. Fingers crossed it's not a repeat, although given Wednesday night, who who knows? Um, Aberdeen, I don't think we deserved to win that one, if I'm going to be honest. I think that's probably a draw. No, we didn't. Yeah, um, we, a draw was but, fair then. But the three games um, under Gerard, the three home games, and there's a lot of significance being placed on these um, in terms of we should have been this far ahead. I, I don't know what the exact points total would have been, but um, given Gerard left when we were four points clear, um, safe to assume... It might have been eight, might have been ten points, given what might happen after it. However, what what stock do you put in that? Because hindsight is twenty twenty, and we love to look back at this is what happened here, this is what was decisive. If Gerard had got those six points, is he is he leaving first of all, or, or, or we we can't even tell, we can't even look at that. Is it a sliding doors moment where he decides to stay, or is it as simple as we got those six points and Van Bronckhorst comes in and goes in that run? and Celtic would have faltered, they'd have dropped more points because of the pressure, they'd have been out of sight, and we could be sitting here 10 points clear. Is it as clear as a sliding doors moment for you, or is there too many other factors on that one to really put stock in those three draws? 
I mean, it's a fun game to play. Uh, yeah. But it, it, nobody can give you a, you know, a real answer. It, personally, I think, but I have to accept my own biases on, on that. I do think had we won those matches, he, I, he would still have left, yes. Um, it was the job that took him away rather than the situation. Had we... Uh, had we won those, then yeah, absolutely. But then the counter to that is, would we have gone on that run under Van Bronckhorst yep. had had we been that far ahead? As I say, this team, there's, a, there's a, a decent counter argument to that, which says this team would have went, ah, it's done, and sat in. Or the team this season would have done that and said, that's ah, done, so we can relax. I think there has been a subconscious relaxation among certain players, a, a large group of them. I think for a lot of them, they had focused so much on climbing that mountain and then when they climbed it they've been pretty exhausted and on a bit of a come down ever since and mentally by that i mean folks not not physically um that it hasn't gone the way we expected it to which is that the taste of it would actually make them hungrier for more it's kind of gone the other way um i remember reading uh, something that roy Keane, of all people said where after man united won the european cup in 99 you know, the, the Bayern Munich game. He said he, he he got real worried vibes in the training that summer because, you know, he was saying to them, right, come on, Champions League coming up. And two or three of them said a version not to him of, see, to be honest, see, now we've won it. doesn't really bother me if we never win it again. We've done it. And he was like, oh, no, that is totally the wrong attitude. And, of course, they went years without winning it. That appears to be the case for some of these players. That rather than going... Right, we've done it, but that's the past. Let's go and, you know, I want more of this. I want to, it, that hasn't, we haven't seen evidence of that this season. I haven't seen enough evidence of it this season. I will say that the last time we had a performance as catastrophically inept as we had the other night, the players did respond results wise. They did. And we saw that. That was the run we've talked about with Giovanni Van Bronckers first came in. If they can do that this time, there's, a, I think, a fairly good chance they'll end up as league champions. If they can't, though, then Celtic will run away with it over the hills. Scoreboard pressure is a key thing. Um, if we can't put it on them, you know, because it's a change mentality thing for them now. They're favourites now. You know, they haven't been all season. They're the favourites now. And their fans' desperation to win the league will kick in as well. However, if they are, you know, four, five points clear and they can afford they go into games knowing, you know, we could draw today, it's not a disaster. Then they relax and you can play your better football then. If we don't do that, then, as I say, they'll run away with it. If, however, we do that, we'll see if they can, if they can, you know, keep that relentless thing going. And if they can fair play, they'll put themselves in a position to win the league. But we do have two old firm matches at home, uh, to come, one at home, the next one, which you would absolutely be targeting for us as a home victory and you would certainly think the players would want to put it right I remember actually the the after the 6-2 the next game at, at Ibrox we beat them 5-1 and just were you know, quite clearly so determined to go out and, and smash them that day that's kind of what we need to see from this squad and they'll either have it within themselves or they won't um, as for the manager he's bearing the brunt of it and that's understandable um, I think some of the criticism is very valid. I think some of it is over the top. I think, you know, you don't sack a manager after who came in mid-season, hasn't had his own players and came in, as I say, the day after an absolute catastrophe. 
you don't sack him after two months. That's you know, no chance. Want, yeah, when people are saying that, that's to me, that's just silly, right? He he certainly gets the end of the season, and we we look on it and we see what it is. But we do need to see signs that that's not unfair to ask for that. We need to see signs of what he wants his team to do because it is hard to see at the moment. It's not a lack of football knowledge or anything that us fans are going. Why do we sit in? It's because when we watch the games, this team sits in quite a lot. Now, that's why we're saying that. <laughs> you know, we're not we're not watching a completely different game. And the, I asked the manager about that on Tuesday, and he said, well, we don't. You know, we, we, we want to go and dominate games, right? Well, let's see it then. You know, let's see it. We've got players to do it. Will we do it? I don't know. I think so. I hope so. But it's entirely in their control now, Adam. It really is. If they, the players, want this, they will end the season as league champions. Because it's title races goal at us. I remember uh, in Walters last year, we got smashed 3-0 at Parkhead, funnily enough, yep. round about this time. And people were, well, that's it. We're blowing it. Can't believe it. And we all know how that season ended. So that's what this squad need to do. They need to focus. They've got a huge game on Sunday. If they win it, they begin. And it's only begin because nothing you can't make up for a night like... Wednesday in one night but if they win on Sunday and then follow up with a win against Hibs then they begin to to regain the trust of the support and that should be a big carrot for them I think we're we're used to a bit of feast or famine in, in the old fun game it was what 790 days um, before we got we got beat um, and then obviously from um, the League Cup, even if you use the, the Scottish Cup semi-final to the, the Ryan Jack winner, I don't know how many days that was, but it can't be far off the same thing. So we're kind of used to that feast or famine, but I think getting back to, like you said, where we might win one one season, they might win three, we might win two, we might, it looks like that's probably where it'll get back to. The only thing I would say is we've been told repeatedly for the last four or five years that basically Celtic had the muscle memory, Celtic were the champions, so they would have this in the running. Um we can flip that round and we're not playing that way, but the team have been over the course. Celtics is a, a new team that they've they've put together, I think, in, in tough moments. Um, you would hope that the mentality that we built over the last few years would shine through. Not really seen a huge amount of it now, as we said, but um, for a starter, and we'll come on to Hearts just very, very briefly, for a starter, I think we absolutely need to inject more pace, more intensity, more tempo into the game. I don't mind if he wants to play um, the 4-3-3 with the, the deeper fullbacks and the wingers, that's fine, but it's all about how you make those players go out and play um, and the the kind of um, process that, that you go through to get them on the pitch and get them playing with that intensity to go and blow teams away from the start because that's not something that, that we've seen. There have been a lot of turgid wins um, mm. and while they have been wins and while they have been clean sheets and that's great, we always value that probably more than, than most supports, but we need a bit of style now. We need something that we can we can cling on to to get through this because it is very conceivable that on Saturday uh, on a Saturday we can be one point behind and then depending on when we play we can be two points ahead and the lead will change hands a hell of a lot more regularly than it has so we need to be out there on the front foot with the impetus on that um, and hopefully we can get there. Um, just very quickly on the press conference then you mentioned little bits and pieces of it but what have we got in terms of availability and, and who do you think we'll see coming into the team on Sunday? Uh, Ramsey Morelos are in the squad. I would be absolutely stunned if Ryan Jack doesn't start. Yeah. Um, uh, Balogun will play centre half. I think there's no doubt about that. And Bassi will move out to uh, to left fullback. I, I'd be surprised actually if, if Barisic made 
even the 20, I think, is a bit of a kind of, you know, that is not good enough. Uh, although I suppose I need to balance that with my desire as a fan for you were useless going sit in the corner and I might need him again this season. I can't completely yeah. you know, wash my hands of him. So he may well be on the bench. But yeah, I mean, I would expect, this is just me, I would expect the team to be McGregor. Although, as I say, I think there is a question there. But McGregor, um, Tav, Goldson, uh, Balligan, Bassey. The midfield, I think, will be Jack, possibly Sands. We'll wait and see. Uh, and Aribo. And up front, I think you'll see uh, Diallo, Morelos and Kent. I think that will be the, the starting 11. Uh, I could be totally wrong. You know, I, I do. I think Ramsey will be on the bench. But he may just decide... Something you've said before, he may just decide if Ramsey's got 45 minutes in his legs, he can have it at the start, you know, because it would give everyone a boost. That's that's a certainty. So it may well be that. But I think, you know, barring them not being at Ibrox due to missing a bus or whatever, then Jack and Balogun are, and Morelos are absolute certs. Absolutely. Was there any word on, I know we said Helen there about, but was there any word on, on Davis is it likely to be? Davis, Davis, yeah, well, Davis is back. He was on the bench the other night. Uh, you're right. It could be, it could be a Davis Jack midfield pairing, um, because yeah. then you, you definitely get control back, and it could be a move to a more, uh, a more f- obvious four-two-three-one formation, which would be understandable, I think, given you know, given the way the defence has been playing the last two matches, you could understand that. So yeah, it's, again, Adam, it's not like it's a bare-bones squad and he doesn't have options. Not at all. So I think he'll make changes. Uh, I think he has to. I think he has to, for the team, I think he has to to show players that that wasn't acceptable the other night. I think he has to do it for the fans. And more importantly, I think he's got some really good players to come in. Um, And yeah, for me, as I say, I would, you know, Ramsey being there will give everyone a boost. Ramsey playing would give everyone a boost. Ramsey playing well would completely flip the mood. But uh, we'll... We'll have to wait and see with that. But you know what Hearts are going to do? I watched them against Hibs the other night. It was a dreadful game of football, by the way. It was you know, <laughs> genuine. They could have removed the ball, and I'm not sure anyone in the pitch would have noticed. Um, but they're, they're short at centre-back, funnily enough. Suter was injured. Um, they lost Halkett for a bit. However, you know, going forward, they've got pace with Ginelli. Barry Mackay's playing very well at the moment. Um, Boyce will chuck himself a bit. We know that. You know, he'll he'll get involved in, in physical and try and hold the ball up. Uh, so it's, it's certainly not a, a banker victory. It's certainly not one you look at and say, oh, I will we'll smash them and then move on to the next one. It's going to be a tough match. But Rangers, there's two things I think that are absolutely essential for Rangers. One, they've got to start fast and they've got to start on the front foot. Um, because if they let Hearts get settled and comfy and into the game, then it will be difficult. The crowd will will make it difficult. The frustration will come out in the crowd. So there's an opportunity to begin to redeem themselves. They have to take it. Yeah, it's a very big week coming up with Hearts, Hibs and the and the Scottish Cup game. So for me, I never thought I'd say this, but it is less about tactics, but just more about get your players on the pitch that are going to allow you to be aggressive, attack, play with intensity, play with tempo, and let's see some goals, please, which would be would be great. One thing I will say, see whenever um, in any workplace, see if there's been a disaster and you weren't involved in it. And then you sort of come in after it. You do get to walk about with a sort of yeah. you know, 
Billy Big Boss, and I, I I think you'll see that from particularly Alfredo at the weekend. I think he, I'd, I'd be very. I'm, I'm, I think he'll have a really good game at the weekend because it's so Alfie to just come in and go, I'm the hero. <laughs> you know I mean? And he's, he's certainly had a long enough rest as well. So, yeah. Well, that's true. So, yeah, I, 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 I might be totally wrong, but I'm expecting a big game from him at the weekend. Hope so. Hope so. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. I, I would be, I'd have Ramsey in the team. I know it's, oh, what about this? What about that? Get an hour out of him. Um, if he's able to get an hour out of him, hopefully get the game to, to bed and then take it from there. Um, okay, David, as I said, really big week coming up. I know it's not been a, an easy week just passed, but thank you for joining me. Thanks, Adam. And thank you all for listening. David will be back on Monday. Have you tried the Rangers Pools question of the week? Answer this week's question for the chance to win exclusive Rangers prizes, such as match day tickets, signed merchandise, plus there is an Edmondson House package up for grabs. This week's question is, in what year did Rangers win their first Scottish League Cup? Think you know the answer? Then go visit www.rangerspools.com and click on the Question of the Week banner on the homepage. Also remember, every time you play Rangers Pools, you're supporting the club and the build of new Edmondson House. All whilst being in to win some huge cash prizes. Best of luck. Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.